I would often find myself like if I had a particular feeling that I wanted to expel searching for someone who encapsulated that emotion like in their face very well and then drawing them out and then by the time I would be done with the picture the emotion would be gone and I would feel better. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I talk with Ray Hosler. Ray is an artist based in Lansing, Michigan, who works primarily with graphite and charcoal for their portraits. Ray creates a variety of pieces that include still life, perspective, and anatomy, but has a special interest in drawing faces, so portraits make up a healthy amount of Ray's portfolio. Our conversation ranges from what got Ray interested in drawing to begin with, to influences, favorite equipment to use, and even some very interesting stories surrounding face studies. In addition to drawing, Ray really likes birds, so you may hear them in the background trying to get in on Ray and I's captivating conversation. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Ray Hauser's journey as an artist. All right, so welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me this evening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So we are here to talk about all of the wonderful things that you create. And can you start by briefly explaining what your preferred art medium is? Um, so my preferred art medium is currently graphite and charcoal. Awesome. Yeah, and I kind of gather that as well, just digging through your Instagram, uh, graphite, charcoal, and mixed media primarily. And I notice a mm-hmm. wide variety of subjects that you create, whether it be digital pieces, still light pieces, floral shed, even some shading practice thrown in there. Do you have a particular favorite subject that you like to create? Yes, I love drawing people, specifically. <laughs> awesome. People are my favorite by far. Yeah, that's awesome. And I noticed some of the, the portraits that you've been posting lately, and I was completely blown away by them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, they're, they're very good. Now, do you, um, do you do those both with graphite and charcoal? Yeah, I try to switch it up. I just really like the softness of graphite, but charcoal is a lot easier to spread along a page, so it definitely saves on time, but it doesn't get as intricate detailing as I can with graphite. For sure, yeah, and that's kind of what I was gathering because I was doing some cramming yesterday and watching some YouTube videos. But I've, <laughs> I've come to realize pretty quickly that there's a lot that I don't know about graphite and charcoal drawings. And so I watched some videos from Kirsty Patridge and Mad Charcoal and did some uh, crash course studies on on kind of what they do and <laughs> really grew to ad- admire the the entire process. But actually, let me back up for a minute and ask: mm-hmm. a, When did your interest with drawing first begin? Honestly, when I was a little kid, probably about five. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Did you like drawing people then, too, or did you have, like, other interests in everything that you like to draw? Yeah, I did really like drawing people. My mom used to draw pictures for me, and that was what sort of sparked my interest. And I would, like, take her a book and be like, you know, draw a picture for me again. Do it for me again. Specifically, it was always specifically girls in pretty dresses. That was my thing when I was five years old. Um, <laughs> nice. Polka dotted dresses. Um, that was the big one. So I would always ask her to draw me a girl in a polka dotted dress. And <laughs> then I would try to replicate it. And from there, I 
started moving towards drawing like fictional fantasy characters and pictures like that. <laughs> nice. No, that's awesome. I love that story too. So it sounds like your mom had a, a pretty big influence, I guess, in the early years for just having this sort of interest in, in drawing and all these uh, polka dot yeah. dresses. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, is that she can't draw to save her life. <laughs> so uh, she doesn't understand why I was like so obsessed with her artwork when she would like show it to me. <laughs> she saves some of them and I look back at it and I'm just like, I mean... You're not wrong, but <laughs> they were just the most, like, beautiful thing I'd ever seen when I was little, and I just really was captivated by that for some reason. <laughs> I mean, whatever sparks your interest and curiosity, uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's, no, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I just remember when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with uh, dinosaurs. I think just because I grew mm-hmm. up kind of in the early Jurassic Park oh, yeah. theatrical release era, you know, so mm-hmm. I I was just obsessed with it, and I would draw a bunch of dinosaurs and stuff like that, and I, I thought they were decent. I think I actually might have the sketchbook still somewhere, but I would Ooh, nice. basically just trace them, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I used to have an extensive knowledge of all the different types of dinosaurs, but I I forgot. It, it's it's buried <laughs> in my head somewhere, but... Yeah, my, my younger brother was definitely obsessed with dinosaurs, and all of my dinosaur knowledge has come from him, and just everything that he threw at me throughout our childhood but he would draw them too and he just was surprisingly really talented also without ever having drawn before and i was like that is so not fair (laughs) how dare you be good at drawing get out of here there's only one artist in our family (laughs) oh that's fantastic Uh-huh. Not, yeah, allowed. not allowed not allowed <laughs> now uh, have you have you done any formal studies or taken specialized art classes in either high school or college or anything um i did go to school for art after i graduated so i went to kendall for a little bit and then i came back and took some art classes at lcc to try and really like hone in on all the different aspects of art and i guess diversify myself because especially with like digital media, I wanted to learn more about it and uh, I wanted to have the opportunity to take classes. For sure. Yeah, I I feel like classes really make you well-rounded in that way to kind of force you to explore other avenues that you're not used to working in and kind of help you figuring out your niche or or what you enjoy doing. And actually speaking of which, that perfectly segues into my next question. Nice, I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Plan, totally. (laughs) (laughs) did that totally by design Uh (laughs) are there any artists in particular that influence your style oh yes so i am a huge fan of brian and wendy froud i don't know if you're familiar with them at all but they did a lot of the character design for like the dark crystal and labyrinth both dark crystal and labyrinth were directed by jim henson who was a puppeteer animator cartoonist actor, inventor, composer, and screenwriter, who's known primarily as the creator of The Muppets. Just to give a little background on those two films. And their son recently worked on set um, with Netflix when they did the New Dark Crystal series, designing a lot of, like, the uh, puppets. Oh, nice. (laughs) But his wife does a lot of illustration work, and I just... I don't know, there's something about it that's so beautiful, but like kind of dark at the same time. And I just love that take on like the fairy world and the the types of creatures that they create. 
are uh, also I feel like I've used this word a lot already, but captivating to look at. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, there, there's something so powerful in that, honestly. Like, I, I don't exactly know what it is, but it's just I love seeing different artists and creators interpretation of something, you know, mm-hmm. to see uh, like something recreated even multiple times, but have different renditions of it through the eyes of different artists. And I always find that really interesting. The whole perspective factor, putting your whole I guess, twist or your own characteristics into your art pieces. Uh So yeah, there's something about that. I don't know. I can recognize (laughs) their style like almost anywhere. It's just so specific and so unique. (laughs) No, for sure. And I I feel like I watch a lot of like surrealist, avant-garde, very obscure, Mm -hmm. artsy foreign films and stuff like that. And I've come Mm -hmm. to recognize some of the, the more, you know, some, some of the, primary directors and things like that and those two it's like oh this is definitely a david lynch film just because it's weird as hell and i love it (laughs) (laughs) yep it's a christopher nolan film because time is all jumbled (laughs) exactly (laughs) you pick up on all the nuances Uh for sure (laughs) now i suppose it depends on the the medium you're working in but do you have any favorite pieces of equipment you like using or you like working with for your projects Mm, i I don't know if I would consider this equipment, but I I watched this artist on YouTube and Facebook. His name is Jawholic, and recently mm-hmm. he makes these really really fancy hyper realistic portraits and drawings using just colored pencils. And recently I was watching one of his videos and I saw it went over really quickly, but he added these little white highlights in there over top of the picture. And I was like, how the hell did he do that? <laughs> and so I, I looked below, like, at all the uh, materials listed, and he used this, like, uh, white tip gel pen. And I was like, that's brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And so now I've been going just, like, probably overboard completely with highlights um, on everything. <laughs> but it's so fun because I don't have to uh, draw around it in fear of getting the area too dark and then never being able to get it back to its original white light. <laughs> yeah. I can just pop that gel right on top there, and it's just so satisfying. Oh, for sure. No, and, and picking up on all those different tips and, and everything from different creators and mm-hmm. stuff, I, I find YouTube a very useful tool as well to just get in touch and and see different tactics and methods that other people use it's like why didn't i think of that before and it's just one of those aha moments i guess yeah and i was doing some research myself on some general equipment and stuff that people use so i imagine you have some of the standard stuff that do you use like blending stumps or anything like that too yeah i have some standard equipment I find a lot of the times, though, like, I buy it to make myself feel professional, and then I just end up never (laughs) using it, and then I feel bad. Like, I bought, for instance, the other day, this easel, so that Mm -hmm. way I could put it on my desk and have it standing up and adjust my posture and not get, like, the artist hump that, you know, is Mm -hmm. inevitable, but... (laughs) Um, And then I still end up drawing on the floor anyways. (laughs) it's just force of habit actually you're you're preaching to the choir with that one right <laughs> i go through the same stuff just not with mm-hmm. you know drawings or anything like that but i mean for example with equipment set up for this podcast and everything like i literally have a, a boom stand for this mi- for a microphone to like get all fancy with it and i could even like hang it in front of my computer mm-hmm. and do like hands-free type thing nice. and all that 
But I, as we speak right now, I'm not even kidding you. I have it sitting on top of a Guinness Book of World Records 2001 to like prop it up. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know why it's become such a comfort factor for me. It's just it gets it at a, a good height for me, and I'm probably still hunching and have terrible <laughs> posture. But I, I, it's it's literally I'm looking at it right now like it's sitting in its box the the boom stand, and I don't know why I've never set it up. It's like no, this is fine. I'll I'll continue to record on top a of book. a. Very small book. Perfect. <laughs> totally yeah, fine. Guilty. <laughs> and now I'm just giving away all my trade secrets. But <laughs> anyway, sp- speaking of that, though, of just uh, something you said previously kind of made me think of this question. And I guess this is another perfect segue. But a few episodes back, I interviewed Cheyenne Brooks, who works primarily with acrylic okay. paints. And I asked her the same question. I'm curious to get uh, your response as well. Do you have an, ever have an issue knowing when one of your creations is done? I guess being able to step away and stop fine-tuning Ooh. things. <laughs> mm, no, I've never had an issue with that. No, <laughs> no, really? Okay. Please don't take that seriously. <laughs> no, I was going to say. That's one of the, uh, the biggest issues that probably still follows me around all the time constantly (laughs) yeah it's 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 such a catch-22 i feel like with any creator honestly of just being so critical on Mm -hmm. everything that you're creating and then just to the point to where you don't really ever finish anything it's just kind of keeps going through revisions and revisions trust me i get that completely (laughs) i am very much so a perfectionist when it comes to wanting to share my art you know and I just don't want to put something out there if I don't feel like it's the best representation of my abilities and I think then I end up not sharing like half of my work because of that <laughs> and then I get people who see like some of them you know toss aside they're like oh this is amazing why don't you share this and I'm just like really <laughs> sure about that i mean we're all our own worst critic i get that completely right and then that reminds me that everybody is not going to look at my art through the same eyes that i'm looking at it through and to try and be easier on myself because of that it's just such a hard habit to break (laughs) yeah for sure i was having a conversation with someone recently and they summarized it as you know like would you treat someone else the way that you treat yourself? And that one I've been thinking about kind of a right. lot. I'm like, that's a good Dang, one. That's good. That's deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, that's oh true. man. But <laughs> no, anyway, like, I mean, for what it's worth, I think your I think your art's amazing. And I mean, obviously I, I I'm like oh. itching to talk about it and stuff. That's why I brought you on and everything. Oh, so <laughs> I was so excited. I was so flattered. I was like, the world needs more of your art. It's great. I love it. And no it's it's such a it's such a delicate balance so i i completely get that to where i think that was my big hang up in the beginning too with uh with even Mm -hmm. just this podcast in general just saying it's got to be perfect when it comes out and i think ultimately when i made that realization of it's not gonna be perfect and then i just started releasing content anyway and i'll i'll still have my moments where i'm like man i really need to get better about this like the audio quality isn't that great in this episode is really bothering me but then if I bring mm-hmm. it up to somebody, like, I don't know if they're just being nice or flattering me or whatnot. They're like, I didn't even notice. Like, maybe I shouldn't have said anything then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a fine line for sure. I know a, a lot of people define it as analysis. Well, it's it's almost like kind of a similar idea, but not quite, but almost like a analysis paralysis type thing to where you're you're so stuck in just, 
I guess the the motions of like the the what ifs or trying to critique or change things or in that in this example, it's right. doing external research for like a new venture or something like that. But you do so you get so caught up in that that you don't actually take action. As I guess what I was getting at, and it's it's hard. It's something that plagues I feel like a lot of people. <laughs> right, definitely. I you know I know a lot of my friends are very similar with their hobbies and. Yeah, I don't know what got us all here, but hey, at least <laughs> we have each other to remind <laughs> each other that we're doing okay. Exactly. You just We just got to support one another, be kind to one another, and yeah, I think that's the whole moral of everything for sure. <laughs> now, uh, mm-hmm. I saw you did a post on Facebook several months ago looking for people to draw portraits of for your portfolio. Oh, yeah. How's the process been coming along for that? Um, that's been going pretty well. Uh, as in I have done one, but <laughs> I was pleased with the one. <laughs> it, it's it's good, yeah. Thank you. It's very good. I had to actually <laughs> take a break for a second because afterwards I, I started some new medication because I found out I have hypothyroidism, so I started medication for that, and it just threw off my groove a little bit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And it took me a while to kind of re, I guess, recenter myself in a way where I'm not like sleeping all the time or not sleeping mm-hmm. and then restlessly pacing around my apartment. <laughs> um, oh, for sure. But I finally have felt myself start to get back to a place where I would like to get back into what I had initially set out to do. And so hopefully within the next couple of weeks here, I'll be producing out some more. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Now, and yeah, that was uh, the one I, I saw that you posted with, with uh, Cameron King. Um, now, did yeah. you did you meet in person to do that? Or how did that work? Um, no. So, <laughs> I had a lot of people <laughs> ask me, and they're like, oh yeah, do you need me to post for you? And I'm like, alright, listen. <laughs> I am slow. <laughs> I don't know any other way to put that. I am a very, very, very slow artist. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to sit for me trust me um you will be there all week but i <laughs> i asked i went through his pictures and i asked him you know hey i really like the um the look of this picture is it okay if i use this one because it i think had like the best quality out of a lot of the others that I was looking at as far as like trying to capture really all of the detailing and needing to have like kind of a higher quality photograph for that but I also just felt like connected to that specific image for some reason I was like this one this one speaks to me we're doing it (laughs) (laughs) no that's awesome and yeah I mean yeah the finished product is very good so I was curious about the process of it I guess because I'd I always wondered how that worked. You know, do you need mm-hmm. to see the person in person? Can you do a you know digital picture? But yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I usually <laughs> use a photographs reference. Like even, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not joking when I say that I'm so. <laughs> I all those still lifes <laughs> that you see on my Instagram. When I was doing those in college, it was for an art class. My teacher would just always be hovering behind me, and be like, "You need to." Speak up like you're spending too much time on the little details like we're only going to be doing this for like three days you're not going to have enough time and so <laughs> I would just take pictures of the still life set up from the angle from where I was sitting and then go home and work on it more and then bring it back because oh wow I couldn't just not 
take time on things <laughs> the way she wanted me to not take time on things. I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> but I feel like underneath it all, based on what you just told me, I think underneath it all, you ultimately care about what you're putting out there. Yeah. So I think that's that's really what's at its core. So I, I think that's extremely admirable that you want to you know, get everything just right. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, it's either that or it's OCD. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe, maybe a little bit of both. Who knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I get the same thing. Um, <laughs> well, actually sometimes my brother, Joel, like I'll just disappear for a day on end uh-huh. and be like, you're not done editing that episode yet. I'm like, no, I'm still working on it. So <laughs> I get the same thing. So I, I think I'm a slow like editor and stuff in that regard. Cause I just want it to be right. So I, I completely get it. I do. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not, I'm not the only one. God. No, definitely not. Now, do you do any commission work or do you have the intention to ever do commission work if you don't? Um, I have been trying to get to a place where I can do it more regularly. And I, I just accepted a commission to do someone's pet for them. So I was pretty excited about that and I did like two of the pictures on my Instagram right now are actually from commissions the uh the whales and the picture of Edgar Allan Poe oh yeah so I'm trying to get into more of a consistent habit of accepting commissions because I do get requests occasionally and I want to be able to make that more of a regular thing for sure now for doing your commission work, do you just have people reach out to you on social media or do you use any sort of special sites for it to get matched up with people who are looking for specific work or anything? Gotcha. Uh, so far, it's just been through social media. People have reached out occasionally. I haven't been, I guess, promoting or advertising myself as much as a commission artist, but that's something mm-hmm. I'm looking to do more in the future. I just have been waiting for my free time to clear up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> No, I get that. But actually, speaking of pet mm-hmm. portraits, I know there's a, a pretty good market for that and oh, stuff, yeah. too. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because bringing up Cheyenne Brooks from a previous mm-hmm. episode earlier, too, because she started doing commission work for pet portraits. So I, I ordered one for the holidays, and it was a, a portrait of Pepper that uh, my Red Dapple docks. And I mean, she just nailed it. And I got it hanging up Aww. like in the dining room area, Cute. and it's oh, it just warms <laughs> my heart. <laughs> I love there's a a trend that's been going around for a while where people get like their perf or their pets painted in like baroque esque painting styles <laughs> with the uh <laughs> the like fancy uh coffee filter collars and the um you oh know, <laughs> I love that <laughs> the attire of that time period and I just I don't know. I eat it up. I'm like, yes, more. Yes. Actually, speaking of which, and I don't know the name of the artist, but when I was out in Portland, Oregon years ago, Mm -hmm. there were these pictures that were being sold at this this shop, and they just spoke to me in such a weird way. There were these little, like, caricatures of these different animals in, like, business business casual suits almost, (laughs) and it just... It spoke to me so much, and I don't know why, so I literally have this hanging in my hallway of just a very uh, dressed-up sloth and a very, like, dressed-up rooster type thing, and they're just hanging in the hallway, and it just just brings me joy. I don't know what it is about it, just, you know, seeing some sort of animal in a suit. Both illustrations of the sloth and rooster were created by Ryan Berkeley. So if headshots of animals and fancy attire is your vibe, I provided a link to his shop in the show notes. I love it when that happens. Sometimes something just resonates with you. You can't put your finger on it, but you need it. 
Yeah, exactly. It just evokes some sort of emotion you just can't explain. It's like (laughs) the best thing you can hope for as an artist, honestly. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Now, have you ever displayed your work at any local events or do you see yourself doing that in the future? I would like to. I had the opportunity to do it twice and I kind of dropped the ball because I didn't get prints ready in time. Oh. (laughs) Um, But I would like to. So we'll see. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I haven't attended many myself. Um, like I've done. I don't know if you've ever heard of like Art Feast in Old Town, but that's always a Ooh, fun yes. one. Yes, yes. I I think I just went to that actually, over the summer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a fun one. I was like attending that and uh-huh. supporting the people there. I have a few prints and stuff from there that I've been actually like meaning to give out to some people as like Christmas gifts that just really spoke to me oh, but sweet. it's it's hard because I'm just like I, I want to give it to someone who like will appreciate this or I'm just going to keep right. it myself and it's it's hard it's it's a weird construct I don't know <laughs> 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 they'll end up in someone's stockings at some point I don't know I gotta find the right person like, you better like this as much as I like this <laughs> you better else, like this I'm, taking it I'm gonna be very upset yeah <laughs> you lose print privileges no more <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Losing your print privileges, but mm-hmm. oh man! So does a uh, does a blank canvas excite you or overwhelm you most of the time? Uh, honestly, it just depends on the day. <laughs> Good point. I think if I have nothing really going on, and I happen to come across a blank canvas, and I have no real intent for it i get excited i'm like oh cool we can color we can do something like let's go yeah but if uh (laughs) let's say it's the day before an assignment is due um (laughs) and (laughs) it's worth uh 60 percent of my grade and for whatever reason i decided to just uh let it slip to this very moment and i'm staring at the blank canvas drinking five energy drinks <laughs> hoping to make it through the night and finish it by the morning then i it's one of my more stressful experiences <laughs> actually that just made me think of another question randomly when you mentioned that so yeah when so do you ever find that you your moods are captured in your drawings so if you're mm-hmm. feeling very like angsty one day or very you know happy or sad do you notice yes. that emotion being evoked in your paintings or in your drawings i should say yes actually that was probably one of the things that also initially drew me to art besides just you know my mom's fabulous polka dotted dress girls of course it was very therapeutic for me and it was a good way to like expel feelings and I would often find myself like if I had a particular feeling that I wanted to expel uh searching for someone who encapsulated that emotion like in their face very well and then drawing them out and then by the time I would be done with the picture the emotion would be gone and I would feel better and I'd be like okay wow so a lot of the times when I search for specific pictures or portraits it's a way of doing a form of art therapy Mm -hmm. no that I find that really interesting too because I I haven't actually well Okay, I, I pretty much have this determined. I feel like I'm a very like left-brained individual, like okay. very logical. Uh-huh. I use a lot of words. Uh-huh. I think that's the side of the brain, left brain. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> but I, yeah, it, it's weird. I don't know if you ever seen one of the pictures floating around, but it's it's literally like you look at the image of something, and then depending on what colors you see, it, it determines on if you're left brained or right brained, oh, right left brained or right brained. And it, it blew my mind because you know, a clear as day, I saw like blue and green or whatever in the picture mm-hmm. and i had my brother joel look at the same picture and he's like what are you talking about that's pink or whatever and like huh. so that goes to show like we were looking at the exact same thing same and that just goes to show i am left-brained and he is right-brained <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> it turns out the image i was referring to isn't exactly an accurate measure of determining if you're left or right brain dominant but it's still a fun idea to consider a link to the image in an article explaining everything further can be found in the show notes I'm curious then, because I, I don't know, when I usually take those tests, I get like a, it's either like 40-60 or 50-50, like it's really close, but I have always probably felt just based off of the fact that, you know, I, I do art and other creative pursuits more towards the right brain side, but I wonder, it makes me curious, I want to see now. Tell me who I am. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I I don't mean to like psychoanalyze you or anything right now. That uh-huh. was not my intention. But, no, no, I'm just kidding. But no, but it was, uh, no, I, I, I get intrigued by those things. I do too. No. And I find that really interesting because I've, I've never really heard it, I guess, explained that way. I guess going back to what I was mentioning before, it, it's just me being a very left brain individual. I, I think, you know, in, in words a lot of times and use that as my mm-hmm. form of expression, but I don't know. I find that really interesting the way you just described it of having seeing that emotion in someone else's face. Mm-hmm. And then once you're able to put that on a, you know, on a canvas or a piece of paper, what have you, then that feeling's gone for you and it's it's expelled from you. That's I, I find that awesome. That's really interesting. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I find it helpful. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I just find it helpful. I know, <laughs> I just right? find it and then it, it led me to here. So I guess here I am now. <laughs> oh man so i guess once you're on a more of a normal routine and everything do you designate time to draw or do you draw when you mainly just feel inspired uh probably more so when i just feel inspired but i would like to you know i keep saying that i would like to uh set more time (laughs) like designated time to draw i'm just a very Mm -hmm. spontaneous person so for sure life could use a bit more structure sometimes <laughs> That's all. Jeez, I, I I feel like mine's arguably almost like too structured sometimes, but no. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing today? I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> all right, here we go. Man, like I got, I I got like you know daily like to do lists and goal boards. Oh, like nice. I've got my yearly goals. I ha- I write out my goals and kind of stare at those, and then I have different See, routines I and different that. things. Like... I want that for like myself. <laughs> I need to. I need to be able to <laughs> figure out how to do that. <laughs> I I like it most days, but then some days I, I, I like almost exhaust myself. And I'm just like, why am I the way that I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, I guess we're just different ends of the spectrums there. Because I ask myself the same thing <laughs> I when so. I can. <laughs> it, it randomly came in uh, handy <laughs> just recently because I was... Uh, I, I co-host on a movie podcast, Films for the Void, mm-hmm. and my co-host, uh, or, or the other host of the show, Landon, he asked me kind of sporadically, 
What are some of your all-time favorite Christmas movies? And me being the super OCD list obsessed person that I am, I was like, let me tell you. And I already had a list prepared without even him asking. <laughs> and then he'll like randomly mention a movie. Like I was like, oh yeah, I have Elf at number 12. <laughs> let me see if it's on here. Um, check. Okay. <laughs> like it, it weirdly like worked out really well and it just made me look like I, I uh, am really good at planning things and uh, everything when that's not always like the you're case really prepared <laughs> yeah i gave off that impression at for least. whenever people <laughs> ask you about your favorite christmas movies because you just never know you never know <laughs> i know sometimes these random lists just come in handy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, do you work on do you typically work on multiple projects at a time or do you like to just focus on one hmm. i don't actually know <laughs> <laughs> if i have a preference i guess I I guess a better question hmm. is, do you typically have, I guess, more than one project open at a time? Like, this would be really cool to do, and then you start doing something, you're like, oh, wait, I have a really great idea for something, and you start another project. Well, yes to that. But <laughs> 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 well, also, I feel like I work best when I'm only focusing on one. <laughs> True. I just probably have a tendency to start one, then go work on something else for a little bit, then come back to that one later, and then... So I guess it's not necessarily that I'm doing them all simultaneously. They're just taking turns. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I I actually got a a similar response, um, I believe, actually, from both previous um, artists and creators that I've interviewed, Cheyenne Brooks and then Andy (laughs) Curl as well. I know I keep plugging Cheyenne like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But but I feel like uh, they said very similar things in, in that regard to where if they get burnt out on one project, they'll just switch to another project and then work on that for a little bit. And then depending on their mood, they may just go do something abstract or just something that maybe doesn't make as much sense. And you can just kind of be more free flow with it and Mm -hmm. just let emotions out. And I thought that was really interesting too. So I don't know if you operate in a similar manner in that way. (laughs) Kind of. I actually kind of reverse. I don't know (laughs) when I want, I guess like I mentioned before, when I want to get a specific emotion out I have my my method of you know searching for a specific face that kind of encapsulates that and then when I want to just do it for fun that's when I more so just mess around with other mediums and get my hands dirty I don't know yeah (laughs) so when it's just light and fun I think that's when I'm the most experimental uh, and when it comes yeah. to, like, more emotional expression, that's when I, I stick to my preferred mediums. For sure, yeah. And speaking of faces, you actually sparked another question that I did not have prepared. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you ever just, I guess, like, look at somebody and then just say, like, oh, they have a very, like, kind face or they have this. And you're able to almost, like, categorize them by mood just in general <laughs> aesthetics? Yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I love, love, love faces. I will oftentimes just stare at people and, like, not in a way that I intend to be creepy or, like, I'm checking <laughs> right. them out, but, like, I'm just like, I like your face. Like, your face is yeah. so unique. I love it. I just see people sometimes and I'm like, I want to draw that face. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know how to not be weird about it. Just like, hi, excuse me. Can I just you know, use your face. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> just, 
you know, not yeah, that's, in a uh, creepy way or anything, but um, <laughs> I just need your face, okay? <laughs> that's so, so good. I just imagine you just approaching people are, like, I need to draw you. <laughs> there are definitely, I think, different features that fit different tones in, in photos or in media. Um, yeah. You know, like if you wanted to draw some, like a, a heavier sadness, like a sharper facial structure versus like a, a sadness that's like feeling like it's just kind of lingering in a cloud around you, you know, like a softer face for that. But there's yeah. different types of sad faces. <laughs> no, guess. so but true. Like also same thing with happy faces, you know, there's like wistful and ethereal and then there's like joy bursting from the inside you know <laughs> yeah no that's oh man i could talk all day about that kind of stuff because i i i don't know i'm like a firm believer in like the power of energy i love that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and i feel like everyone kind of has their own just like energy and aura kind of with them mm -hmm. that they so i guess in a way i i see it in that way i just um I don't know. Maybe I haven't been. Uh, maybe I'm not as good at like analyzing faces and stuff like that for my own personal way to <laughs> pick up on those. I want to get better about that. <laughs> when I was in middle school, I was. Uh, I don't know. I went through a lot of weird phases. I know, big surprise, the art kid went through weird phases. Um, <laughs> but one of them was studying Chinese face reading. <laughs> wow. And so. <laughs> Because I thought it was really interesting because at the time I had started to make like correlations with people who had like certain features having certain personality traits and a lot of it I learned ended up uh, relating back to actually like the amount of testosterone and estrogen in your body and how that shapes the way your face forms as you get older and how a lot oh, of nice. those you know hormones are generally like associated with different characteristics like you know uh, testosterone is generally associated with more aggression. So like people with mm -hmm. the square jawline generally tend to have more testosterone in them. And then that face in Chinese face reading is called the square face shape. And they have it associated with like the elements of stubborn, fiery personalities and whatnot. So I thought it was interesting <laughs> how like they were kind of onto something. They didn't know why, but they were... <laughs> They were definitely, like, seeing the correlation, which, you know, it's not the case for everybody because there's nature versus nurture, what you've learned versus what you are born with. But, yeah, I was really into that, and I read a lot about it. And then I started getting into parts that were, like, you know, a little far-fetched. It was like, if you have a mole on this side of your face, right above this part, you know, you are doomed to be poor forever. <laughs> So nobody marry anybody with moles. I'm just kidding. But it was, I was like, okay, now we're getting too far into this. Um, let's backtrack. But I thought it was really interesting and in, like how they did face reading on a, you know, whole other tangent here. But <laughs> No, that's really interesting. That's, I feel like no matter how much I prepare for these conversations and interviews, there's always something that like, I just totally didn't expect. And now I really want to look into just face studies and stuff. This is like really intrigued me. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody with the obsession for faces can confirm. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 people who 10 out like of 10 faces. would like reading about faces. <laughs> <So>. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to go down that rabbit hole after <laughs> this conversation. 
Oh yeah, man, you're that's welcome. Great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what you're here for. Right. <laughs> All right. Now, are there any? I guess in addition to the pet portraits and everything, uh-huh. are there any upcoming events or exciting things in the works and related to your art that you're really excited about? Hmm. Besides trying to release a bunch of portraits. I don't have any like big projects in the works at the moment. I'm just trying to really establish my social media pages as a portrait slash artist page (laughs) to seem more, you know, (laughs) professional. And I want to build up my portfolio and I want to kind of get it off the ground and get it going here. So that's, I guess, the most exciting part for me is just starting to take it more seriously as a profession and actually go for it and pursue it yeah for sure no i i definitely wish you all the best in that and i i I know you have the the talent to pull that off for sure thank you i'm itching to see more of your stuff so um and i saw that you also put your name as one of the people interested in a portrait so i did just saying saying. if you have a good picture (laughs) you could send that my way (laughs) <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah, I would. I would love for you to just study my face and, and analyze it. You want like, me to give you a Chinese it, face reading? <laughs> yes, you more than anything. <laughs> Gosh, I'm oh, a little man. rusty. I was 13, so you know. <laughs> You'll have to brush up on your studies you and go, then get yeah. back with me on that. Yeah. You want? <laughs> oh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins and everything? Nope, I think you covered the majority of what I was expecting, honestly, so hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, good, yeah. I, I did my research then, so that's uh, right, you were prepared. <laughs> good on my head then, so. <laughs> oh, perfect. Now, where can people find more information about your art and anything else you want to plug? Yeah, so if you are interested in checking out my art on my Instagram, it is Ray with an E dot LeFay 55 and um you can send me a message on there if you're interested in a commission or if you just want to be friends that's cool too (laughs) right on (laughs) no that's awesome and yeah once again thank you so much for taking the time to this and like i've said over and over again i love seeing your work posted on instagram and facebook and i think you're extremely talented (laughs) so keep keep plugging away and posting your art because the world truly needs it (laughs) i really appreciate that and thank you again so much for reaching out to me and give me the opportunity to come on here and blabber about myself for a bit (laughs) (laughs) of course no this is such a blast yeah and i wish you nothing but the best in all of your future projects and everything well thank you i wish you the best for your podcast also thank you thank you much appreciated i will uh keep chugging away at it myself (laughs) (laughs) you got this (laughs) all right awesome well you take care then you too Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Ray's Instagram handle, along with other resources, can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, 
Send an email to juxtaposedjourneys at gmail.com with a brief description for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. Or you can find Juxtaposed Journeys on Podmatch and request an interview that way. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.